Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not the Pastor, we are going to talk about some mindsets and philosophies for how your church can reach more families and also how Mike Holmes with Reach Keep Ministries can be a help. here today with Brother Mike Holmes. Brother Mike, we're so glad that you joined us today. Thanks so much for being here. Glad to, glad to be here. Would you just start off by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you minister, those kind of things? Sure, yeah. My name's Mike, and I'm from Sinclair, Wyoming, right in the kind of the middle of the state, more or less, South Central. I'm the pastor. I actually just turned the pastorate over to a guy I've been training for about a year, just a few weeks ago, in fact. So kind of excited wow. about that. I'm still a member of the church. In fact, I get to do junior church this weekend, so I'm excited. And <laughs> That's uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, I love all my people and still involved. And I, I spend a lot of time uh, helping other pastors around the country do some training through what we call reachkeep.com. I got saved in 78 and went right pretty much into Bible college, did my training at uh, Bob Jones University and Maranatha Baptist Bible College, and then pretty much started youth work through the direction of our leadership of our church uh, out here. We started what we call the Baptist Youth Mission, and that was started in 88. And we traveled for about 20 years doing vacation Bible schools in some camps and really a lot of youth worker training and just really helping churches reach the young families of their community. So that was sort of the focus for about 20 years. Um, traveled all the time, uh, pretty much uh, was hardly ever home uh, on the road. About back then, about 2008, uh, seven, eight, around there, uh, Katrina hit and uh, gas prices went crazy and the economy kind of changed. And the, the model of evangelism we had, you know, pulling travel trailers around and all that kind of kind of screeched to a halt with uh, four and five dollar gasoline. And so we we moved everything digital at that time or started to migrate and the Internet was kind of coming on strong and you know, blogs and podcasting were coming on. So we started, we just called, we wanted a simpler name. Uh, so we just called the, all the Baptist Youth Mission stuff became Reach Keep, uh, just two words put together, reach, reach them and keep them, you know. So reachkeep.com we started and kind of been blogging. We had some podcasts that we did back then and uh, have never got real serious on podcasting until recently. We have the Better Sundays podcast now, but that's uh, pretty much what we've done. And uh, so now I'm uh, kind of retired from the pastorate. So that means uh, I get to travel and actually the last several weeks have been out on the road uh, speaking and did some youth camps and some couples things and just a lot of different, a uh, lot of different cool things I get to do and very excited about it. So back to your roots fun. almost. <laughs> yes. It, well, it really is. It, um, my kids are gone. I have, uh, I have two, I have four boys. Uh, two went to West Coast, uh, finished up there, and then two are currently at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, or what they call it now Maranatha Baptist University. It's a bigger now. They got more whatever it takes to become a university. Right, I don't, right. They have. I don't know what that means, but, <laughs> but they're up there studying and studying in Bible and ministry stuff. So I got four boys and a very fine wife. And she's away this week up visiting some grandkids. So they're all alone. Brother Holmes, you mentioned a couple of things there. Better Sundays, that's a podcast that you have. 
Yes. As well as reachkeep.com. And is that still? Yeah, reachkeep.com is our active kind of our core website where everything can be found. And then we have a newer podcast that is really, it's a different kind of format than yours. There's, it's not an interview format. It's just it's called uh, Better Sundays. And we have a website, bettersundays.com. And you can just go to that. And it's just a, there's short little kind of five, six, seven minute podcast. We want to give pastors something on Monday that they can implement by Sunday. So it's just a simple, practical thing. And almost every one of them are just real simple. It's like, hey, you can listen to it. And in one way or another, you ought to be able to get, you know, kind of something implemented and by Sunday be able to do that. So it's got it. not a lot of philosophy or training as much as ideas and practical, yeah. usable ideas. Very good. Well, we'll definitely include links for both of those resources in the show notes so that folks can know where to go there. We want to talk about how to minister to families and being able to get families to church and then minister to them well. What would you say are some of the mindsets or philosophies that would help us to minister to families well? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I think the... The, the wording I would use would be a little bit different. Sure. Um, we do definitely want to minister to families, but we need to, at least in our circles, the independent Baptist world where, where we kind of revolve, I think we need to be more focused on reaching young families. Okay. Yeah. And because there's, there's all sorts of families that we already have, and we can, I think we can minister to them pretty well. Sure. We, and we do a lot of things on that, but we want to talk about how, and what we focused on is trying to help churches to reach all those new kids that they moved in down the block, they moved in here and there. You see, like if you go park in a, at a Walmart or, a, you know, Little League game or whatever, you just park in the parking lot and just watch them pouring in. And you're like, why aren't they pouring into my church that way? And they need to because they they are, they're broken and they're messed up. And, and uh, so many of them have, you know, been through hard times and they really have turned to a lot of the wrong, the wrong things for answers. So our focus has been on helping churches reach new families. So when we were doing the vacation Bible schools and, and a lot of that stuff in the, uh, you know, my earlier career, we would go into, you know, smaller church that have like four kids, 10 kids, five kids, seven kids, whatever in junior church. But by the end of the week, we'd have, you know, with VBS, we'd have 50 or 60 kids. Right. Because we went out and found new kids. Yeah, no, it's good. I think what happens a lot of times in in our circles, and, and believe me, I want this to happen at our church too. We're just longing for a good, you know, good family to move to the area and go. We want to be involved in your church, and we want to we want to do that. And I, I love that. And we've had that happen. I planted the church that we currently just turned over, planted it 13 years ago. So we're church plants start from zero, and we were just just hoping some of those people would come. But our philosophy really didn't depend on that. Our philosophy started out to like, hey, if they'll come to Little League, if they'll go to soccer practice, if they'll go all the, if parents will take their kids to all these other places, can we get them to bring them to church? And can they come as a, as a family unit to church? And I was raised in a bus ministry kind of church, like a lot of us were, and I, I really love it. And I'm not disparaging those that, uh, the hard work that goes into the, the bus ministry but we purposely, when we started our church, said we're going to reach young families, and we aimed our, our programmatic focus 
was on reaching moms and dads of elementary age kids. So our, lit our literature, our calling, our visiting, everything that we did, I wouldn't say everything, but most everything, was aimed at reaching parents of elementary age kids because those are the ages. Parents that have kids that are in, you know, kind of kindergarten through sixth there, they are the parent, those are the ones that statistically are coming back to church as opposed to everyone else that is leaving, <laughs> leaving church. Yeah. Because they are, they have no answers because now they, they like have a three-year-old that's acting like an 18 year old, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, they got a third grader that thinks she's Madonna or, you know, whatever, you know, the, the latest is. And, and she's like, you know, like, like, what, what am I doing here? You know, and they need help. And so yes, yes. we worked on creating an environment and just a, a variety of different things we can go through to help parents when that they said like, man, I, I got a problem and that church is solving the issue. You know, so that's that's sort of the the simplified version of it. Yeah. So you're you're not just going and picking up kids then on a bus and bringing them in. You're you're going for the whole family. You're looking for the mom and dad as well of those those kids. Yeah. And if parents and we figured if parents would get them to soccer practice or you know take them to swimming lessons right. and get up at six in the morning and drive them to the school to you know to go to track or drive them out here. You everything sports is like the next town is a hundred miles away any direction. So like if you got a sports event, parents are driving their kids there. Well driving their kids there there must be some high value going on there so why can't we why can't we make that high value what what can we do to create create that high value yeah those are good questions they're already going to go everywhere else and do all those other things right. we making a spot where the church is somewhere that they want to be and they can see the value in that will bring them to you instead is that is, am i yeah, and I, I think, yeah, you're, you're getting on there, Tom. So the secret is that with elementary age kids and for you teen guys, and I, believe me, I've been a teen guy all my life, so I understand that. We did not start our church with a focus on teenagers, and we think that we think there's a better way to do it. It's to focus on first, second, and third graders because the parents are still making the decisions there, and they're the ones that are like saying, hey, you will go to this or you will go to that. And the reason the parents say you will go to something for the most part is because they see value in it. In other words, like you're going to go to swimming lessons because I want you to learn how to not drown someday, you know, and learn some basics for swimming. You're going to go to church because they are teaching things there that are valuable. There's character driven things going on there. And our churches have, in many times, you know, we, we teach a lot of content that is really good. And we teach our children, you know, to memorize, you know, all 66 books of the Bible or whatever. But parents would much rather have their children's taught to be respectful in first, second, and third grade. Yeah. And so what we have done is when we aimed at the moms and dads of elementary age kids in our initial promotional thing, and really our ongoing promotional things, it's like, Instead of inviting someone to come to revival meetings, we invite them to come to our kids program where their children are going to learn respect or, or responsibility or whatever. So character training is such an important part of, of an, a, kind of the attractional side of a, of, of a church there. 
And it's, it's aimed at the parents. And it's, again, not necessarily aimed at the kids. Like if you do a big teen thing, you're going to say, hey, let's all have pizza and you know, right. a bunch of games. And yeah, you'll get a bunch of uh, teenagers. And the parents are probably sending them there because they go, well, it's good to get them off the street and get right. you know, right. some other teens and some of that. But the parents aren't coming. You know, so but if you are if you are doing something where you're attracting children to come to a Sunday school type program where there's character training or non Sunday type activities, we do a lot of non Sunday activities where the parents are like, I can't wait to get my kid to that activity. During the summer, we run these uh, these day camps where we take the kids on these kind of field trips, sort of a, a 12 hour long field trips, not just a two or three hours, a lengthy type of thing. And we take the kids out, we go out and see a bunch of nature and go hiking and have a good experience. The kids pay a little bit because they get cool t-shirts, but parents can come for free. Well, now we have people like, we have to sign up for them to come because we have more we have more kids and parents that want to come to the event than we can transport. So we have that problem because the parents see a value in their kid learning and having some nature type experiences. And, and we do some teaching. It's not a, it's not a lengthy gospel type heavy duty teaching, but we talk about creation and some things along that line, but the parents see the value in that. And when they see the value there, and then if they can come along, you know, it's just a powerful powerful, powerful thing. They want to spend time with their kids. I often say this, the, the dream of every single mom, and I don't know how many single moms you guys deal with, but out where we're at, you know, step families and broken homes are just everywhere. Yes. But yeah. the, and everyone's working double jobs, you know, and they're usually transporting kids on weekends to go see, you know, the former spouse type of a thing. So you really have some problems. So there's not a lot of time, but the dream of, of every mom is to have her kid cook a hot dog on a fire out in the wilderness, yeah. you know, and cook a marshmallow and make a s'more. But then she wants to do that. So we've, we've created some activities like that. Yeah. So sure. instead of like, you know, the typical revival meetings where everybody brings their friends, we mm -hmm. run a day camp type activity. Everybody, we have more come than we can sign up sometimes. We we then take hundreds and hundreds of photographs and then we go to those houses afterwards with our phone and, or an iPad and say, Hey, we got some pictures of your kids. Can, can we come in and like, come on in pastor. Yeah. Show me. And we're flipping through and showing photos. And then you can go right into, you know, gospel or counseling or whatever you need to never have a door slammed in your face because <laughs> you came in through the, the children's side of it. You know, go going back to something you first mentioned there just a minute ago you talked about the content of of your lessons and the things that you're teaching the kids is very character focused yes and that for instance respect that immediately my mind goes to a previous conversation that we had several episodes ago with austin pollard on this podcast and they have made that at their church, they have made that the entire curriculum for their school-aged children from, the, from this time that they step in to the time that they leave to go into the, the older youth department. They are focusing on character traits, and mm -hmm. they, just, they just march through them and have several years there where they have their goal is by the end of by the end of your time in our program, you're going to have a solid foundation of character. 
and mm-hmm. uh, that that curriculum that I'm I'm hearing that now from you. I'm hearing that from him. That's just a, a powerful combination of of content plus that outreach ability to basically go to the parents and say, "Hey, bring your children. We're going to teach them character." <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm thinking any parent is going to be like, "Yes, yes, please, of course, yeah. <laughs> please take my child." <laughs> I mean, yeah. would you? Yeah, and that's I, I wrote a blog piece a while back. It's on ReachKeep called "Parents or uh, Sunday School Teachers Fail Parents," and mm. it's just the idea of. You know, we teach sometimes stories and content, and I, I'm good with stories and content and memorization and, and some of that. But as the old song says, obedience is the very best way to show what you believe, you know, yeah, it's yeah. To, to have a, a changed life. And so for the children, yes, to teach them that content or the character based type things and then good. to put them in an environment, have an environment where you can mm-hmm. teach and character training too. And this is something we, we did a little bit different. Character training is often caught, not taught. Okay. It's, it's in, in other words, it's not done in a 30 minute lesson. And so we do a lot of non Sunday activities where, you know, work days and things for kids where the kids will come and do, do things along that line and teach them you know, how to work and how to, cl- how to do stuff when we do our day camps, you know, it's like actually the, the middle school kids and the high school kids, they're not necessarily invited to the, our day camps. We have them there as workers and we put a little vest on them and, and they got one of those like orange vests that they wear. And if that, if you wear a vest, you're like my slave for the day, you know, you, anything yeah. I say, you have to do it. You <laughs> know? Love it. And I mean, I had a kid a couple of years ago, he was like in fifth grade, he wasn't quite in middle school yet. And he's like, he came up and gave me, tried to give me five bucks to buy a vest. He says, can I wear one? Cause I want to have responsibility. I want yeah. to be, I want wow. to be there. And That's so awesome. you kind of create that responsibility. And yeah. with our teenagers, we have our teenagers work in our nursery. They work in our kids program. They do all sorts of things. They're greeters outdoors. And that is a first priority. Our, our Sunday school people are well aware that if half of their teenagers are not there, it's because they're doing something more important. Well, what could be more important than being in Sunday school? Serving, serving in your local church, you know. So, uh, so we put them into those uh, environments where they, and we purposely created a service type of, of ministry where serving is priority. And we've had a few traditional people kind of show up and go, hey, my, my kid needs to be in Sunday school. It's like, well, now your kid knows an awful lot. We need, we need to be able to work is what we need to do. We need to empty him a little so that we can then fill him back up. You talk, Brother Holmes, a lot in your podcast, Making Better Sundays. You talk a lot about creating solutions or solving problems, solving problems for families. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it sounds like we've already begun to talk about some of that. Would you talk to us, though, about what you mean by solving problems for families in your Sunday morning meetings, those kind of things? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we believe just a good kind of a practice for the, for the church leadership, the pastoral leadership is that every Sunday you solve a problem, okay? And we're not talking about just in the sermon, okay? And and obviously to glorify God and to see people come to know Christ and to be saved and to repent of their sins and right. get their heart right. right. Those are big problems. That is a given. That's the, that's the big one, okay? And and we, we want to do that. But we also know that every parent comes to, every person comes to church, just an interesting thought, but everyone comes to church in pain, okay? You know, when you go to Walmart, you go in pain. 
your pain is that you don't have enough diapers for your kid and your wife said, go get them. Okay. Your pain right. is you don't have a bicycle for your daughter that you're going to buy. And, and so I'm going to go solve that pain. Every person walks into a Walmart or a store with a need. Well, people, new young families come to church and I'm not talking about kind of standard young families. I mean, like our, like you and I guys, we've all would go to church because we were told to go to church and it's a habit, et cetera, et cetera. But a young family is going to come with a problem. They're going to come with, they, they might have fought on the way there, the husband and wife, okay? They might have disobedient children. They might have kids that are lying on their report cards. They might have, you know, just some tremendous problems with the years, mine, and ours, the blended family. And it's like, you know, you're being too hard on my daughter, you know, and, and the dad's right. like, oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm supposed to be the dad. And so that whole blended thing is, is really much more prevalent than we give it, pay attention to it. And so they're coming with some type of problem and we need to be thinking about what are we solving on Sunday? Mm -hmm. Now, some of it, there's parents that are just coming. I'll give you this real easy one. There's a lot of single moms that, that just, they're stressed to the max and they don't get adult conversation. They don't get to talk to another woman their age, you know, and, and just have any kind of adult conversation. And that is a really an important thing for them to be able to have that kind of conversation. So what can we do to provide that kind of conversation? So what we do at our church, I mean, this is, and we did this from the very beginning. We don't, at our church, none of our staff or any of our senior leaders go out for lunch after church. You're not allowed to. We stay around and we hang out at church and talk with the people that come. Because okay. if a young single mom got her couple kids, you know, finally dressed up and woke up in time, you know, to get to church, we want to stretch that experience as long as it can be. Yeah. So they got there at, you know, say 1030 or whatever, and services are over at 11 or, or 1230 or whatever. We want to expand that as long as possible. So we're going to be there. So we have people who are assigned to create conversations. In other words, they're just looking around like, hey, there's someone that no one's talking to. And I'm going to go over and talk to that young mom. And I'm going to kind of create a conversation. We also have like refreshments set out because one of the biggest problems at noon is we all get hungry. Yes. And if a mom has a little kid tugging on them saying, hey, we, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Oh, yeah. She's going to leave. That's the bottom line. So we have a nice refreshment table with granola bars, fruit and carrot sticks and blueberry muffins. And we do really nice refreshments. So they can just go over there and get a little, we have those squeezy applesauce things and the yogurt tubes. You guys would love it if you got young kids, man. <laughs> I mean, the young parents are like, whoa, yogurt in the tube, you know? And I've never eaten yogurt or applesauce from a package. It sounds gross to me, but, but they love it and they hang around. So we have solved the problem of letting them have conversation, a lengthy conversation with someone afterwards. So we actually, the thing that we do, the metric is we track that. We see how long we can get people to hang around after church. Now, most churches, it's like, oh, we got to go home because Sunday night we got to, you start flicking the lights and, you know, right. <laughs> sure. you know and everyone go home, I'm tired. You know, pastor yeah. stands by the door and everyone shakes their hand. I don't ever stand, I don't ever stand by the door. I stand, I stand more in the middle of our kind of atrium area so people can gather around. We do have a couple people that stand by the door and say, thanks for coming, you know, and we're courteous to them, but we want to keep them around as long as possible and create that conversation. 
And so the idea of, of having a meaningful conversation with a parent is a gigantic win for us. So then after church, then like at one o'clock, our staff will stand around, you know, the main players that we have, some of our deacons and our main teachers. We're like, how'd it go? Oh, I got to talk to so-and-so. I got to talk to so-and-so. So we, in other words, we're rewarding what, what we're, the, the activity we want. That's awesome. Our, our nursery as well, the nursery, our, our primary goal in our nursery is not to hold a baby, care for babies. The win in the nursery is for a nursery worker to have a meaningful conversation with a young mom because they go in there and it's often a private time. And there you go. It's like, this is my precious baby. I mean, there's a, there's a transaction that goes on there that never happens with a pastor or a, any of the male leadership. And so we have some people then that hold the baby some, but then we have a couple of our best relationship people in the nursery that are saying, Hey, how's things going this week? Or did you know your little girl, you know, your little girl took her first steps here today, you know, you know, whatever. And the parents are like, oh, and sometimes then in our nursery, some of the most meaningful conversations and, and discipleship is happening right there for a young mom. So that's what we mean by every Sunday solve a problem. And there's dozens of problems that, that parents are coming with. And, and you just kind of outline all the different problems that are there and figure out which ones that you can, which ones you can solve. Now, Brother Holmes, how long are you typically seeing people with that, with that approach? How long are you seeing your guests, your young families stick around after a Sunday morning service? We're, we're usually at an hour, hour and five, hour and 10 minutes that people hang around, which also means, and here's another thing with your children's program, if, and our children's program cannot keep people for an, a whole extra hour, but our children's program is designed to keep kids for 20 minutes after our service is over. Okay. So our, so our children's workers know that like, say I'm supposed to be done preaching at noon. They don't like, Oh, I heard the music dismissed and all the kids. Whoa! <laughs> if you do that, you'll lose the conversation. And the parents also will like, oh, I got to take my kid home. So our children's program goes approximately another 20 minutes longer. And then the parents go over and pick up their kids. Now we do have a cutoff time eventually. And it's usually we it's usually staff kids at the end there. And then we bring, bring those kids back over and connect them with the parents. We try to keep them around. It's usually an hour, sometimes longer. And it's those young families, new families that we're creating that conversation with. And again, nobody goes out for meals and, and some of the typical type of things that, that we do. When you were making that transition, or, or maybe you've just always done that at your church, I imagine that took some training, some coaching of your people, probably some communication from the pulpit, some one-on-one -on -one communication. How, how did you, I mean, train your people to do that? We started a church from zero. Okay. So we didn't have any Baptists. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so nobody knew you were supposed to go home and take a nap. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know about international nobody Baptist. Nobody was nap going time. home to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. So we, we didn't have anybody. And actually, and I know this sounds weird, but, and this is really a kind of a totally different thing too, but we run two morning services. We run a 930 and an 11. Okay. And we don't run them because we're full. We run them because of strategy, okay? So here's, here's the thing. If a, if a parent is looking, and again, this is a whole focus uh, that we started with. If a parent is like got these troublesome children, 
Okay. And they're like, man, I got it. What are we going to do with our kids? You know, it's like, let's take them to the church. Maybe Sunday school can fix yeah, them. That's right. The typical church, they would bring them to Sunday school to, to yours or my Sunday school, kind of back in the day, the way we used to run it. And they drop them off at Sunday school. And then the mom and dad would go, well, we got to hang around because they're leaving them in Sunday school. We'll go to the, whatever's going on. They would walk into an adult Sunday school. The adult Sunday school would probably be a study on the temple or the Zechariah or something, you know, very that you guys and I, we would love. Okay. But for a new person, that's not, I mean, I'm talking about someone off the street and it's like, well, I don't even know what that was all about. And it's also, they're not re really ready for them. So it's like, there's a problem there, right there. Flip side. Now you got a family that's like, their marriage is falling apart. And they're like, honey, we got to do something. We got to go to church. Well, when did they go to church? They would go to the main Sunday morning service. They would go, they'd show up at typical Sunday morning service and they'd have their kids in tow. And if there's not a good junior church, the kids would sit in the pew and be kicking and tearing the hymn books up and making paper airplanes. And they'd be so embarrassed they wouldn't want to come back. If there happens to be a, a good junior church program, they would take their kids, which is very hard for a parent to walk into a brand new environment and take their precious little children and shove them over in another room. So they probably walk over in the room. And if it's like a lot of junior churches, and I don't know where yours are at, but I've been in hundreds of them, literally, it'd be like 30 kids and one adult and maybe junior high helper. Right. <laughs> so the ratios are all wrong. That, that ratio is way out of, of whack for the for the age that we live in. It's one to ten now. You got to have a, a one to ten ratio with adults to kids. And so the parents, all these red flags are going up, and their their kids might have had a good time and learned something, but there's red flags going up, and they're probably not coming back. So that's what I've observed for the last thirty years. It's like when we planted the church, how can we how can we fix that? And we decided to run Sunday school during church. The best program in the world for kids is Sunday school. It has still a very good PR name. It's not like, you know, negative, you know, like the word preacher or sermon or, you know, the, Hollywood has wiped out the made really bad names for a lot of Christianity, but Sunday school is still pretty strong. And so Sunday yeah, school true. is run during church and we run them simultaneously. So we have the best program for kids and the best program for adults at exactly the same time. So a parent comes in and we have a kind of an opening and then we take the kids to a Sunday school program and the people, you know, take them, take them out there. And when we started the church, this was very tricky to do this. Okay. I had one uh, young guy uh, came from West coast and he helped me and my wife was involved. And that was kind of really all we had for our first service, you know, but we, we did that. And then we came back and we flipped the whole thing and did again. So I preach twice and we have two different Sunday school lessons and then I had another person and what ended up. And again, it was hard the first year or so, but what we have now is we have a work one worship one philosophy. So everybody comes to church and you either go to church or you work. So we have, we have all sorts of servants. Our church, our churches, most of the day are, you know, we have 95% of the work is done by 5% of the people and people are getting worked to death. Well, we have, we have workers coming out our ears. Okay. Because if you come to one, then you work one. So it's a whole different philosophy, but it allows for parents with children. Again, this was the programmatic aim towards reaching families 
it allows for those moms and dads to come and get the best for their kids and the best for their for themselves when it's all over everybody hangs out for that extra 30 40 50 minutes you know talk so we get to minister during that time and then they go out in their in their car and they grab their little phone and they go i was just at the most wow i mean they post on facebook and like i can't believe this was amazing for my family i'll be back Brother Mike, what are some good practical ways that we can have those kind of experiences and we can duplicate those kind of experiences in other churches, reaching those young families and seeing them come back? We want those positive, positive interactions with them. I know we, I mean, we've talked about a whole bunch of whole bunch of things already, and um, mm-hmm. but maybe you could just give us a couple of a couple more very practical sure. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it, you know, and I kind of grew up in the promo side of things. And let's get letters out and let's get postcards and, let's, you know, and, and I'm, I've done those and done plenty of them. But really the best thing or a couple of things is one is to have just this, a really healthy environment that the word of mouth takes off. For example, if you're going to you take your kids eventually to like a swimming, swimming lessons or whatever, swimming team. Okay. It's not because you probably got a flyer that talked all about it is because you already know the value that is there. And you know, that like, especially swim team, they're going to not only be healthy and do exercise, but they're going to be in kind of a competitive environment, which would be good. There's a, a lot of, of supervision at a swimming pool. Okay. There's, there's the idea of traveling and meeting other teams and, and for parents, some of that is kind of the experiential side of things. So all of that is valued, but it's not necessarily promoted on a flyer. It's just a good, healthy environment. So our churches really need to focus. And this is one of the first things that we teach in our Reaching Young Families course is to create a healthy environment. You know, what we call a fertile landing ground. You know, when Jesus talked about the sower and the seeds, he's talked about the soil and the, the, the seed falls into the good soil. And, and I'm a Kansas farm boy and put a lot of time behind a tractor and planted a lot of seeds in my day. And when you get that soil really good. So the question is, is our, is our church, is the soil, is the soil good? And what can we do? And that takes analysis and evaluation and sitting down. And it's not just the pastor doing things, but, and from the beginning too, I tried to like get my key players at the, after church, we would sit down and go, what could we do better? You know, so, well, man, that was, that didn't go very good or this went really good or whatever, but you know, we ran out of coffee. Well, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. You know, let's, you know, let's make sure we have plenty of refreshments. Let's make sure, you know, so we try to create a really solid environment. That's kind of one of those, those things where when people come, they're welcomed, they are talked to, they, the first impression that they see is, people outside. We have outside greeters. We have young people that are greeters outside, you know, that kind of welcome the people. And, you know, some of that, they come into our, through our building. They have, we have hosts, we call them, that are kind of looking to create a conversation. We have music that is playing, just kind of, usually in most churches, the best music player is like the preacher's wife or the assistant pastor's wife, because they know how to play the piano, but they really need, they don't need to be playing. They need to be talking. Piano playing is not a gift to the spirit, okay, but given to hospitality is. I mean, the idea of like being out there and, and talking. So, and you can solve the piano thing with a push of the button on an iPad with the music play. And we, we're conservative. I mean, we sing the hymns and some of that stuff, but 
we play some music while they're coming in and, you know, we've got some of the music from all the different Bible colleges and we kind of play that over our little speakers and some of that. So that our music people, which we don't, we're not big music church, we're more of a young family church, but, but we want them to be talking with each other. So yeah, there's, so all that environment type of stuff. And then everybody meets everybody and talks to everybody. And we have trained our people because we meet ahead of time. Our our church, our first service is at 9.30, but our staff all meets at 8.45. So we have what we call a VIP meeting. And we'll have sometimes 35 or 40 people for our VIP meeting, 45 minutes for the first service. And they actually come even before that too. Uh, but they are trained to come early. So no Sunday school teachers are showing up five minutes before. That just doesn't work. They're all there 45 minutes ahead. And every Sunday we train on hospitality and how to meet people and how to, this is going to be, you know, the first day that a person hears the gospel, you know, we're going to smile with them. We're going to talk to them. It doesn't matter how many piercings and how many tattoos and where they come from. And we have a rough, we're in a rough area. We are the state maximum security penitentiary here in our town. And so we have all the people that move to town to be with the loved one that's in there. They all come to our church. (laughs) We have every Sunday, we have the the highest incarceration history you would believe. Okay. I was, I was in a Bible study once we're in a house and and this guy's giving a testimony and our lady's giving the testimony. She goes, man, I was in such and such a County jail. The guy says, you were in that jail. So was I, you know, I, know, I mean, we have registered sex offenders every service. Okay. And we have to keep an eye on them. There's a whole nother conversation for another thing. But because a lot of them live in our community, we, we are very well aware of what's going on there. So we have a rough bunch and it does not matter who you are. You are welcomed at our church and to be a friend. So, and we really focus on that and the people are trained to do that. And so Anybody, we have people that come, we've had a few come from traditional kind of backgrounds and, you know, some of that, and we have to kind of retrain them a little bit. (laughs) But the environment would be the first, the first thing. They come into this welcoming environment. So that's the first thing. Let me give you this, just one other one here. I know we can't go forever, but this is just the idea of the solution thing. Okay. Yeah. If you go into a store, let's say you're going to Walmart to look for something, okay, and you can't find it and you walk out, okay, that happens, okay, you go in there two, three times and don't find it, you're not, you're not going back. Yeah. I mean, that's just not a, that's not the store for you. It just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work. And if someone comes to church and they walk out without a problem solved, okay, the chances of them wow. returning are not strong. So you want to solve some of those family problems. And our, our Better Sundays podcast, we've got a whole list of those that we've kind of, you know, been through some of the different things. For example, like right now, we're in the middle of something that some of independent Baptists, where that come where I come from, wouldn't necessarily agree with, but we're doing this Operation Christmas Child where, the, where you pack these shoe boxes and we send them overseas. Now, it's a Franklin Graham thing, and I'm not a big Billy Graham guy. I'm not a big Franklin Graham guy, okay? But what the Operation Christmas Child does in the way we do it is we get the parents to come. We give them a shoebox, okay? They then go with their child to the dollar stores, dollar trees, whatever, 
pack these things and do all this meaningful stuff together. And then they sh- we, we gather the boxes and we ship them off and you can track them now on your phone and find out where they go. So the parent, the parent is having a non-Sunday experience in a Dollar Tree of benevolence. They're teaching their child to not be selfish. Now, what parent doesn't wow. have a problem with a selfish child? Yeah. But other than just going, bless God, don't be selfish, you young kids. And parents teach kids not to be selfish. In other words, we preach about it, but we want to solve that problem. So we yes. give them the box, they go do it, then they come back. And then we have testimonies about, you know, man, my kid had no idea what was going on, but we started doing this and they got excited about giving. Wow. Well, what pastor doesn't want to hear that phrase? Children are excited about giving, you know? So... So we come up with a lot of different things along that line. And sometimes they're just neutral things like, you know, packing things for our local police department to give away, you know, kids whose parents just got thrown in jail, but the kids have to go to a home for a while, an emergency crisis center. So there's a lot of different things that, uh, that you can do to provide those solutions. And we give, a lot, like I say, a lot of that's on bettersundays.com. Yeah. Well, and it also sounds like, Brother Mike, that a bunch of those things are things that churches would already do. I mean, churches are interested in, we give gifts, we work with our community, uh, you know, homeless populations, those kind of things. A lot of churches do those things already, but it sounds like what you've done is you've trained that and made them more strategic in getting families working together in those things instead of, all right, the staff guys are going to do this this week. Now the church is involved in that. And, and that seems like a strategic move to teach good biblical character to parents and kids. That's smart. So like in our, we have a kind of an atrium, you come out of our, our auditorium area, we have kind of a big atrium. Right now, we set a big tent up in there, big one of those fabric type tents. And underneath, and there's Christmas lights all over and stuff all over. And we have these Christmas boxes all over the place there. And we've been promoting it for a few weeks. So after, when church is over, you just go right out to the tent and and you get the stuff. And then the kids come and they get the stuff. And it's all kind of coordinated. But it's it's not just the the pastor coming up with a message on being benevolent. You know, it's like the entire staff says, how can we teach benevolence? Yes. Brother Holmes, as we are wrapping up here today, I, I sure appreciate the conversation, but would you give us just maybe one final piece of advice? You know, I, I think what has helped us so much at our church is that we have kind of taken a, a little bit more team approach to this. And I know as you guys, as second men, you know, or, you know, not the pastor, um, you guys have just as much passion and just as much, you know, and, and again, it's not the same calling as the calling of the office of a bishop right. and, and, and some of that, but there's just as much. And so if those meetings can happen where that is coordinated, where, you know, and this is kind of a leading from beneath. I mean, it's hard for a second man to go, hey, Pastor, can we sit down and talk about, we've got an idea. We'd like to kind of really focus this whole thing and get these parents involved. And, and if you could kind of teach on benevolence and some of that, we can we can put benevolence, we can make it happen. And, all the, all, you know, the invitation for the sermon is like out the door and actually doing something. Pastor's Pastors love that kind of stuff. They, they, they love application, you know. So the idea of meeting as a team and really working together and, and, and a lot of teamwork, I, I think that's probably one of the things that has worked best for us. And, and just to have, have kind of the non, the, those kind of meetings that are not like 
governing type meetings like you know deacons and just you know just the staff but the the key the key players yeah in fact it was coming up now like with christmas you know coming up really soon kind of a really good obvious thing the key players in in Christmas are your, like the people that are going to help teach your, your children's program, you know, your kids program, a kid's singing program, some type of pageant, some type of cantata. Those are all key people and none of them, and, and they're the ones that really make the whole thing work really good. And then the pastor is the preacher in there, but really getting all of those people at the table Kind of coordinating things and kind of sitting doing the teamwork thing and, and for all the second people really being a great team player as you guys emphasize you guys talking the other day about you know doing i'm there to serve my pastor you know, there's no doubt about that okay but serving your pastor sometimes also come up with some of those kind of mechanical yeah. ideas how to make all yeah all the better. Well, and Brother Holmes, you mentioned that it's kind of leading from beneath or being the second guy and having this idea to, hey, pastor, can we do this? Our, our hope would be maybe even this podcast would be, this specific episode would be a tool in that if a guy listens to this episode and goes, man, maybe we can implement some of that, that they could just say, hey, pastor, would you be up to listening to this episode? And then maybe we talk about some ideas afterwards and see what, see what you think so that the pastor can kind of understand, hey, this is where they're coming from with that and kind of have that uh, that context there a little bit. And so hopefully this this specific episode would be a tool for some guys with that. Well, unfortunately, we have to wrap up. And I sure appreciate the time that you spent with us today, Brother Mike. It's been to, good. Um, just talking to my pastor, even maybe today, about some of these ideas. And so looking forward to that and sure want to reach families. So thank you. Thank you, Brother. Yeah, God, appreciate yes, yeah I'm here to help. If we can do anything else, uh, let me holler. Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. If Brother Mike Holmes can be a help to you, we certainly want you to reach out to him. So we want to point you to reachkeep.com to, to find out more about Mike and to be able to communicate with him. All of the relevant information for that will be in the show notes of this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast today, we would appreciate it if you would rate and review us on I Your rating will help others see this podcast and benefit from it as well. We'd also love to hear from you on our Facebook page. You can find us at facebook.com backslash not the pastor. Also wanted to let you know that we're going to take the month of December. Nathan and I are going to take some time off, but we're going to continue to put out some content through the month of December. It'll look a little different, but definitely want to be ready for season two starting back in January. So you join us next week and we are not the pastor. <laughs>